reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favorite Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but always follow the show on Twitter and Instagram by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's the sexual, intellectual, double H, the Husky heartthrob, leader of the Husky Army, and a man who is ready to have a serious fucking wrestling discussion, my man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing well, and I am excited to uh, have a super serious wrestling podcast. Uh, it's not very often we got to come out of the bullpen and let motherfuckers know what's up. This is us coming out of retirement. So a while right. back, we kind of like put the wrestling talk like to the shelf and focus more on figures and sports and stuff. But we feel like that so much has happened in the wrestling world recently, and I feel like everybody on Twitter and social media, which I think obviously is the uh, vocal minority, is weighing in. So I was like, fuck it. We have a platform. We have opinions. Let's have some fun tonight. Let's talk some fucking wrestling. We don't do that very often. I'm excited. Well, I, I don't know even know if it's necessarily opinions. It's it's fact. Factual until, statements. Uh, otherwise, right. Until otherwise proven opinion. Right. There's a lot to talk about. Um Money in the Bank the other day. Last time we recorded, Money in the Bank was uh, actually going on. Which, if you go back with that episode, I'm going ballistic about the uh, the Peacock feed. Yes. Which a lot of people were. I did not have the benefit because I was doing a podcast of um, staying up to date on Twitter. It's when they told people to log off and log back on or turn it off and turn it back on. I didn't know that, so I pretty much went about a half hour unnecessarily with it just like blacking out on me. Other than that, uh, I did go back and watch great show, really, really, really fun show. I'll tell you what, man, when WWE gets it right, like they really fucking get it right. And there's every once in a while, like I know that raw gets a lot of shit. I do think that SmackDown's the superior show. Um, NXT has this diehards. It's up and down for me, but raw to me is just, it's very hard to watch. And that bleeds into some of the pay-per-views sometimes, but when they hit a banger, they really hit a banger, Barry. Yeah, I agree. And it's but it's so few and far in between that when it actually does happen, it's noticeable. Like motherfuckers take notes like, oh, my God, first time in two months I've been able to watch. You know, if they could put together a string of good right. shows, at least decent shows, I think they would get a lot of their fans back, I guess, like into more of like repetitive what you know what i mean they'd keep coming back keep coming back instead of i seen one person say well i watched that i'm good for two months like that was a good show so i don't need to tune in for two months you right. know what i mean i do think for me I'm, I'm very hopeful that the inclusion of fans being back in the arena although it didn't really translate to raw the other night um but for smackdown definitely when they first they first welcomed their fans back this past smackdown at uh, in houston I thought that was uh, that made the show so much more watchable, and I think it added to the pay per view as well. And when we go through the pay per view a little bit, we'll we'll touch on that to where the crowd can add in. But 
just the simple pops they get. I mean, people are happy being back out in the world, happy being off a of lockdown, and they're uh, bringing that excitement to the WWE arenas. Hopefully, they act better than a lot of the sports fans have been acting. But to me, there was a couple moments that like that happened during that pay per view that I was like, okay, yeah, fans made that better, like for sure. As much as I try to convince myself that like, oh, it's just wrestling, whatever. You know, during the pandemic, I thought you just took what you could get. But now we're coming on the other, other end of that, and it's just they add so much to it. Let's get into the Money in the Bank a little bit. Let's talk about the Money in the Bank winners real quick. Um, first one, the women's Money in the Bank was Nikki A.S.H. Of course, it's Nikki Cross playing a new uh, superhero gimmick, and she was applauded on the Internet for uh, basically it's her gimmick she came up with. She pitched it. She knew what she wanted to do with it. it this came from her mind, and, and Vince loved it. It came to fruition. And Nikki Cross seems like a, um, I say this a lot, you can always tell the character of somebody by how their peers treat them or react to them. And they seem to absolutely love her. And they all seem to be very happy for her. And it was kind of a um, uh, heartwarming story. And I, I really enjoyed it, man. It was, it was It was cool to see. Yeah, and she's someone that they had, you know, they had a, a direction for, a plan for, and then course and this is where i give her credit is there's always at some point they fuck it up they they fuck it up or just and, abort mission right, right? Just or like, yeah or or just or stop shut them down and i think her being creative her taking it upon herself to go okay look i'm not gonna fucking flounder here i'm not gonna swim you know it's fight or right. flight i'm gonna here's my idea and they took it and it got over. So fucking credit to her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the plan of stop and starts with her. I mean, you go back to uh, NXT with Sanity, to the tag team with Alexa Bliss, to now the uh, the superhero gimmick. And yeah, good for her, man, for thinking outside the box, busting her ass and making it work. And obviously the people who are uh, the higher up saw that, fell in love with her, fell in love with the concept and, and, and roll with it. And I, I think that's great, man. And Basically, we're, we'll just jump in. I'll jump ahead a little bit here. Charlotte won the uh, Raw Women's Championship off of um, Rhea Ripley, Money in the Bank, which I thought was, you know, 11-time champion. Very cool, very cool. Next night, Nikki cashes in. They have a, a, a rematch with Rhea Ripley for the uh, Raw Women's Championship. Rhea kind of beats her ass after the match, leaves Charlotte laying. Nikki cashes in, wins. Feel-good moment. She ended the night as champion on monday that was that was awesome and good for her man good for her right right take the strap get your get yourself over now you have the belt that sets up a feud between her and charlotte as you know you didn't beat her fair and square in quotations there um but yeah i definitely think her her character is going in a really really good direction right now and i i'm excited to see where it goes yeah Absolutely. There's so many possibilities. And plus that women's division in WWE is so strong. You're gonna have Becky Lynch coming back soon at some point. I don't know what her uh her schedule is gonna be like, but you know, obviously with the uh, the momentum she had, that that's I mean, it's it's bright in that division. I, I like it a lot. Next up we have the next money in the bank winner, which is Big E. Which is very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. There's a lot of different ways you go. First off, Big E, a guy who uh Obviously, it was a new day, and they had the little break and told him to go get it, and he, they're, they're pushing him right now, and his character is really shining through. If you go back to the days where he was uh, working the five count, 
it was Biggie Langston in old NXT days. Yep. But you always heard, you know, if it's kind of like with uh, um, um, shit, what's his name? What's R- Brad? Um, Brad Armstrong. You know, you hear about like, oh, if he was, if he could take his personality backstage and get it in front of the camera, that would work. Big E's yep. found a way. You always hear that about Big E as well, and he's found a way to do that. And I feel like New Day kind of gave him that. But you always kind of sense like, you know, of this group, if one guy was to break out, and Kofi got what he deserved, absolutely absolutely being the champion and that was beautiful and great and all that but if you had to pick one guy that would break out and be like okay this guy is gonna be like could be a mega star i think Big E's that guy you know and i feel like they had a couple again another couple stop and starts had to really find his character found his character within the new day and obviously you know it's it's tough with the new day because woods got hurt you yep. kofi got hurt. you know what i mean so like it, it kind of Stop and starts all three of them. Now you give a chance to uh, have Big E break off with the money in the bank, which I'm sure he's going to do great stuff with. Whether it be cashed in on Lashley, which I think it will be, or Roman, it's, it's it could be a great story. You have a guy who basically has worked his way up, and they've elevated from the upper mid card into the main event scene. I think that's somebody who could very well add to the main event scene. Yeah, and just touching on what you said with you know New Day. Kofi always, to me, was like that second belt guy. Like, Kofi Mania was awesome. I always could see Kofi with that, uh, the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title. Somebody that gave that title, you know, that kind of recognition. But whereas Big E had the size, the speed, he had the character to to be that breakout star, to be the, the heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. to, you know, go on a nice run and get himself over Xavier Woods. I really, I don't know. He's more of the personality. Like I, I would take him as a manager. He would always I'll be take, the underdog. He would always yeah. be the overachieving underdog in any situation. Yeah. Like even if he won the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title, he's always going to be viewed as the overachieving underdog with a feel-good story. Yeah. With Big E, he's the more enforcer type, which was which what I think makes him unique in that role is typically the enforcer type. You think of a more Arn. That's the yep. stereotypical enforcer type. Big E has so much personality, though, which you don't typically see of an enforcer in a group, right? Yep. So I think that makes him unique in that way. Yeah, and it was an absolute. It was a beautiful moment. It was. It was really awesome. It was really well done. Mm-hmm. Like I loved. You know, the camera stayed on him. You could see Drew in the back. Like all that played into that moment. Everyone's, you know, like oh, you know. I, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, I did too. And they said uh, Shane Helms and Jamie Noble put that match together. And you hear always, I hear all the time about Jamie Noble being this like great wrestling mind. So I guess that doesn't surprise me, right? It goes along with what you hear. So yeah, good for Big E, good for everybody in that match to put on a great match. And it, it sucks that Peacock really started to act up during that. So a lot of people didn't get to watch it real time. Yeah. But those that did get to go back and watch it and give it all spin. Yeah, it was well received all the way around which is it's great and biggie is going to do wonderful things with the money in the bank the uh the next thing i want to talk about with money in the bank and this is more wwe just general related and part of what i think makes the uh makes smackdown the a show for wwe and i thought this really came through in the pay-per-view this is why i'm kind of lumping in with the pay-per-view review is the pat mcafee effect now i'm somebody who Everyone knows I'm a big Pat McAfee fan. I listen to the podcast as much as possible. Um, just a big fan of him in general. I, I just love what he's done. His con- the content he creates is great. 
his group. I, I find it highly entertaining. He adds something completely different in that color commentary role, right? Now, we always hear about, like, oh, we want to bring in somebody that brings the fans' perspective. This dude sounds like he's sitting in the first row ringside as he's watching. You're getting that genuine reaction. Now, I know he's clued in inside or whatever, whatever, but this dude understands the show. Like, you always hear about some people just get it, right, whether it be any kind of a job, you know, your job, the job I have, whatever, whatever. People just get in that role, and they just get it. They fit in real well. Pat McAfee fucking gets it. And he's highly entertaining. He's been a uh, WWE fan his entire life. Maybe not like the historical fan that like me and you are, especially you, but still a guy who loves it and is, I feel like he understands his role in the magnitude and what kind of an honor it is to be sitting by Michael Cole every Monday night. Or Friday night, I should say. I'm sorry. And, you know, the reason for that, and to me, is uh, Hustler Rip Rogers. That's who... That's who he spent time around. That dude gets it, and he trains you. You want to be a wrestler? Okay, cool, but you're not a wrestler. Let me show you this. Use your true emotions. Like you said, he's like a dude in the first row. He brings genuine excitement. He really, really likes the product. You know what I mean? He's he's genuinely into it. He loves it. And you can tell that when somebody loves doing something, it always comes through. What do you think about this? I don't know if you saw. Did you see the Michael Cole interview on the Pat McAfee show the next day? No. Michael Cole, there was on FaceTime. That's how these interviews doing FaceTime, and he said that Pat McAfee has uh, completely revitalized his career. That he's uh, he didn't say he was better than anybody he's worked with, but he said that he brings something completely different than anybody else he's ever worked with. And he said the reason that he's revitalized his career is because Michael Cole is forced to step up his game. And keep up with Pat and the level of energy that he's bringing every single night. Yeah, and again, he's a young guy. He gets it. He knows what's happening in there. He's not like you get some of these celebrities because some people say, "Oh, he's a football player. He he couldn't make the transition or or whatever." They just throw him in for name value. This is a dude with name value that talks, has a podcast for years, fucking gets it. No moment is too big for him. He's been to the fucking Super Bowls. He's been to WrestleManias. He's been to all that. So no moment is too big. And he lets his genuine emotions take over when he's out there. And I think whenever they had the uh, the Saudi Arabia incident, remember where the planes got held up and talent mm-hmm. got held up over there, and they had to call him in to do a random SmackDown. You remember that? Yep. To which he got on Robert Kraft's private jet. Robert Kraft, I, think, I mean, the man's well connected. Robert Kraft, yeah, I got you, brother. Let him get on the private jet up there. Took him up. To, I believe it was a show in Buffalo, if memory serves correct. And yeah, he t- he tore it down. I mean, yeah, like you said, name value. He's gonna bring his own audience with him. He's got fifty thousand people watching live for three hours a day on YouTube every single day. Almost as much as us. Almost as much as us. And he's on Sirius. I mean, he's. Yeah, it's actually A.J. Hawk, who lives fucking down the road, is actually on the show every day. The crazy thing is, is you have to believe, Eric, that he really does live down the road. <laughs> he lives down the road. In the gated community. He don't live in it. No, he, he actually has a fucking compound. He's got the compound? He's got the compound. Yeah, well, he, he's pl- got, he played in the NFL for he, fucking 15 years. 
he and got a couple contracts, but he's and he actually he came up as a rookie as a top five pick before they had the rookie scale. So he's got like one of those deals where it's like I, we googled it actually. It's kind of funny, but it's got a house and then just a bunch of fucking land around it. And that's so cool. Kind of, you can't you can't get to AJ Hawk. Yeah, but but do you see him around the neighborhood? I've never seen him around the neighborhood. Around the neighborhood, I've um I've seen some Buckeye football players randomly around here though. I have. Craig Krenzel, national champion. Well, I'll tell you a random. This is just a random Buckeye story. Uh, I went to a I went to school with a girl named Courtney Walter. Um, her name now is Courtney Carpenter. She is married to Bobby Carpenter. General Bob. <laughs> yeah, she's married on, to him. He's on Sports Talk Radio up here. Yeah. Every morning. Uh, well, I think he does the, like. I think he does like the uh, seven to nine or six to nine or whatever it is. Going but to anyway, with his wife. Back to Money in the Bank. Next thing that you want to talk about, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and let you take the ball on this one. Okay. Who's supposed to win the tag team championships? Well, this this kind of a little heat. Because, you know, we had, we had discussed... Uh, you know, which one was it, Jimmy or Jay that, that gets pulled over all the time? I think it was Jimmy. Uh, well, they're fucking twins or whatever. So, that, that, you know what, though? That's what sucks, right? Right. Uh, being a twin? Yeah, because they're going to be like, my fucker, it's you. And he's like, no, it ain't me. Um, Even seen in that promo, it was like, you guys look in your mug. Like, oh, no, only one guy's had a mug shot, not two. One guy's had a mug shot. And that's the oh, thing is. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, to me, a lot of people were not happy about that. That, okay, this dude gets caught, gets busted for DUI, and you're fucking the next the next week, you're giving him the tag titles. Giving him a run. But I, I get it, because they're part of the fucking top angle you're running. If you don't... <laughs> If you don't go with your angle, you're cutting Roman's fucking legs out for where you're going. It's not Roman's fault. Right. And, you know, that's part of Roman's right now. That's part of the fucking storyline. They are a big part of that storyline. If you don't go with what they already have written, you're cutting Roman's fucking legs out and that hurts him. So I'm not mad at it. I get it. It hurts every. Which hurts everybody, by the way. Right, which hurts the product, hurts everything. So I get it. I don't know how long they'll have the titles, but I get why they got the titles. You know what I mean? Uh, Eric, this is a super serious wrestling podcast. My bad, my bad. We, this man is out here, hit a pink elite Justin Fields tonight to 99, and he is pumped about the situation. (laughs) Very pumped. Spent forty dollars on forty dollars on a break and came out with a made my money back. Let's just say that. Yes, sir. <laughs> but now, yeah, that's that's my take. For me, like it's it's the same thing. It's a very touchy because this is a show, and I guess the fans say like, "Yeah, you're rewarding him." For all we know, Jimmy Uso could be like, "Oh fuck, I gotta lug this thing through the airport now." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hates it. Hates being the, the tag champ. I don't, I don't know if the Usos view the championships the same way. Like, you know, 
RomanFan983523 on Twitter does. Well, like, you know, we just talked about fucking uh, Charlotte. I mean, she's had the, the women's title 11 times. Is it Does it still mean what it meant the first couple? You know what I mean? I mean, it, I don't know. You know, like I said, it might just be a fucking hassle now. Like, damn, my bag weighs fucking 15 pounds heavier. Yeah, for her. Yeah, for her. You're talking about for her. But for yeah. the fans, like, yeah, I, I do think that, like, there's it's something cool for the bloodline yeah. to have the championships. And, you know, there's talk of Naomi going to SmackDown. Well, if she goes to SmackDown, she gets the, you know, the, the, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah. And you're fucking, you know, you're, you're, your stable's dripping. Which now Drip. everybody's on the chase for your stable. And that's that's a good thing. I don't think it's fair to everybody else in the stable because one dude made a fucking dumbass decision. Again. Right. You know, but. maybe I don't, know, I don't know. Maybe they'll deal with that when fucking, when he, when the court right. does. Right. I have no when, idea. When Roman drops the strap and they get into their little deal, yeah. I think that's when yeah. you'll see him get fucking just buried. Yeah. That, I, and that's a, here's, here's something maybe I'll say. Take it how you want it, but Vince McMahon's not going to let Jimmy Uso's mistakes fuck him up. He's not going to let that affect his lifestyle. Right. At, <laughs> his at, cash flow. His, his, his business. Yeah. And and, yeah, and I mean, Vince Vince is not gonna forget. He'll he'll forgive you right now while you're making him money, but he won't forget that you fucked up and you're gonna you'll oh, yeah. pay you'll pay him eventually. You you will you will pay for this eventually when it's convenient for him. Yep. Absolutely. Next up, Roman defeated Edge to retain the SmackDown World Championship. Uh, man, I tell you what, Roman, fucking rolling, fucking rolling, dude. When he fucking was, he had Edge in that fucking headlock and was screaming that he's for what, 6'3", 265, I can do this all day. I'm like, fucking whoa. <laughs> Roman, Roman, Roman has evolved. Yeah, he has. Character who development. Uh, who do you credit for that? Well, I think you have to credit me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I almost said Chris Rocker because he takes head of the table pictures. I did almost say that. He does. As, as a, you know, like an homage to Roman. But uh, shout out Rocker. Um, shout out. I, I honestly think I credit Roman. I, okay, good, good. I, I honestly think he, he himself got sick of kind of maybe the fans maybe all the backlash the the misunderstanding and i think he evolved i think he came around and it finally clicked it only takes you know something little maybe to make it click and make it work make your character make you actually believe that's who you are and i think this head of the table fucking gimmick he really believes i'm the big dog I, you know, I deserve this. I deserve this. You know what I mean? And I think he should. He does. I mean, he's been what, through man, I, hell. I teased you up for a bad answer there because the e easy answer is Paul Heyman, right? You did. That's the easy, that's the easy lazy answer. You're dealing with a goddamn gangster. 
Okay. I know. It's super serious, <laughs> super serious wrestling podcast this evening. That's right. right. We're actually answering the questions each other's asking. No, I agree, man. <laughs> a guy who has a guy who has been around and you know, his career is obviously well documented, but been on top for a long time now. And like he's I think he's got fucking sick of it. You know what? If I'm gonna get booed or I'm gonna get some kind of negative reaction or whatever, whatever. I'm gonna fucking do it my way. Yes. And credit to uh, credit to WWE for uh, letting him do that, right? For letting him grow, for trusting him to go out there and execute his vision. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that it, to me, it's 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 really great what they've been doing. I I do appreciate the long title run. Yeah. Right. I, and and, and he, don't get me wrong, he's fucking he's wrestled the best that they've had the last. What? How long has he been in the fucking WWE? Ten years, almost now. I mean, he's he's been in there with Taker. He's been in there with fucking Bray Wyatt. He's been in there with fucking Johnson. You know, he's been in there with workers, like fucking guys that get it, guys that are willing to help you. Brock, he's like he's just been in there with guys, and you'd have to be a fucking idiot. Not to have learned something. Yes, it is fucking great to have Paulie Dangerously, Paul Heyman, as your fucking safety net on the promo fucking side of the game. Don't get me wrong. That is a beautiful fucking safety net. But he has evolved into his character where Paulie, I think, just says, fuck it, you be you. Go fucking do you. You know what I mean? Like, that's Mm -hmm. it. So credit to fucking Rowe. I give him the credit. And that match I thought was awesome. I think the Edge is doing great work, by the way. Yes. Yes, he is. I think when Edge gets in the ring, he's doing great work. He's bringing a different kind of intensity than what he did before. I thought, I think that, I mean, physically he looks great. I know he gets a lot of shit for, like, looking old or whatever. Physically he looks great. I think that, obviously, him and uh, Seth are going to go down that road. I think they're going to have a fantastic match at SummerSlam. And that, you know, I think Seth might be the perfect guy to actually be in there with Edge. Yes. Because Edge, he's looks great physically, moving great. Dude's in his mid-40s. He naturally is going to have some sort of limitations. Seth is going to help accentuate every positive and not even touch any negative. Seth is top five in the world, you know? At what he does. And he's an absolute treat to watch Russell. And I'm, even though it's just going to be a good old fashioned grudge match, I'm very excited. Obviously, it hasn't been booked yet. I'm just, this is me just straight assuming that is going to be a banger at SummerSlam and a really fun match. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody would be mad if those two hook it up at SummerSlam. Absolutely. SummerSlam, one of my favorites, by the way. Yes, indeed. Right? Love going back and watching old SummerSlams. Uh, your favorite SummerSlam match, real quick. Ooh. Probably uh, Brett and Davey. I, and, and this is a this is actually a fucking uh, SummerSlam 90. Uh, the Hart Foundation versus Demolition 2 out of 3 Falls. Yes. Is beautiful. fucking beautiful. Beautifully I done. I was going to say, I was going to say Brett and... Uh, perfect 91 so i'm gonna go the year between that uh it's funny that every match we just named involved brett right (laughs) fucking terrible fucking work terrible work but uh the big news of money in the bank 
and something that I absolutely got a huge smile on my face for. Didn't think I would for this dude. Five years ago, if you told me that, I would fucking laugh at you, but got a huge fucking smile on my face. Goddamn John Cena came out at the end of the pay-per-view. And just, you know, you don't know how much you love somebody till they're gone, right? <clears throat> yes. And this man has an, I'm going to an un, say it, an unparalleled run in the WWE for the length of time of being on top and getting him through some very, not I'll say very lean years, but, you know, when the product wasn't as popular as what it was when he first lean. got there. Yeah. I mean, still publicly traded, still making money. I don't want to say lean. But as far as, like, watchability, not great. I remember one time I went to a, a, a Raw in 2011, the first time I went to a Raw in many years. And the show was really good. I really enjoyed it. I just got back into wrestling maybe about a year before that. Was super stoked to be there. Was super into every match. Wasn't drinking or anything. Just fucking taking it in, right? And then John Cena and CM Punk came out in the main event and had a match. And it was just like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is, oh, okay. And he's going to add so much to the Roman character. I think this dude wants, I mean, he's not going to be back long term, obviously. I don't know what his schedule's looking like. He is uh, apparently booked for some house shows or advertised for some house shows. Yeah. Well, you talk, you know, parallel. It's funny because to me, I don't know of anyone other than, you know, early rock that can can actually say roman buddy i know what you're going through other than yeah. john cena yeah and because i mean he went through the exact same shit i mean he was on top motherfuckers loved him and then he was over so much they fucking hated him and that's exactly what has and that's what happened to fucking roman and if roman i you know and i wouldn't be surprised if years from now we find out that him and cena had some talks and hey this is how i got through this is what i did like i won't be surprised if i ever hear that right yeah i mean who knows better than john cena i mean to me the big issue with roman and the same thing with cena was fans don't like it when they're being told who to cheer for right so i always thought they weren't so much booing like cena or roman they were booing backstage right that was my take. You can go back and listen to us in the early beginnings of this podcast. I was saying the same fucking thing. I've always been a fan of Roman's work. Maybe not so much Cena. I've come around on Cena. I've learned to appreciate Cena. You know, I was um, I was on that train, like, Cena sucks, da 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 I was being that marky guy. But then, like, you sit back and well, I, I feel like when I saw him in the ring with AJ. Yeah. On that pay, at the Royal Rumble, I was like, whoa. And again, live with CM Punk. That was, I mean, the guy, obviously, he's fucking John Cena. I don't have to validate him by saying anything I, I need to say. Yeah, he doesn't need our validation, but even the WrestleMania, the the Firefly Funhouse yeah, deal yeah. with Bray. There's not a lot of top, top guys, I think, that would have done that. That would have yeah, went along up. with something so, you know, quote, unquote, all that silly. You know what I mean? You know how they came up with that idea? How did they? So uh, this is what I read, that Cena and Bruce Pritchard mm -hmm. were walking around the WWE warehouse 
trying to come up with ideas like, what are we going to do with this match? What are we going to do with this match? And it turned out that they were going to, Cena was like, I don't know if it was Cena or Bruce, like, hey, how about we talk about like different stages of your career, but like incorporate like wrestling history with that. And Cena, of course, being a wrestling fan growing up and a wrestling historian, which he is, and somebody, that's something I've always appreciated about Cena too, by the way. He appreciates that shit. He grew up a fan. He understands it. He appreciates the history and those that came before him, which I know you love. And that's how they came up with it. They had all this, you know, W Warehouse, I think would <laughs> it would be like for me one of the most magical places in the world, right? Right. That's but, my fucking Disneyland. Right. But they got, you know, NWO and WCW stuff all in the warehouse and shit, and they were able to incorporate that stuff. That's it's fucking cool, man. Well, That's speak, speaking of that, did, did you ever watch the WWE Hidden Treasure show? Couple of them, not all of them. Did you see the Flyer one? No. Okay. That's the one I've heard I need to watch. I, I fucking... If you, like, you know, it's like, oh, they're searching for this shit, blah, blah, this fucking butterfly robe. When the, the dude that gets the butterfly robe, <clears throat> and I know that's your fucking, like, that's your retirement piece right there. Because you know you're about to hit a fucking lick. You know, they keep making this deal, and this dude just keeps fucking adding, I need this, I need that. And they they go to Charles Robinson's house. And this is legitimately one of the most fucking, like, heart, where I was like, damn, dude, I almost I almost cried because I was like, dude, I don't know if I could have said yeah. He had the fucking lion rope, the green lion rope that Flair wore when he introduced the big gold on TV. Fucking beautiful fucking rope. The dude that had the butterfly robe needed that rope in trade, plus a bunch of fucking money. So they go to fucking Charles Robinson, and he literally fucking, like, breaks that. Like, he's crying. He's like, I can't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can fucking, like, and he even tells them no, I think, two or three times. Like, I can't fucking do it. And then they, like, promise him, like, another robe and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, it was fucking like, dude, I, I'd love to go through that fucking warehouse this one day and the tape, the the vault. If I, if they'd let me in the fucking vault for like an hour, I'd be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I'd, always said that. But I mean, I thought that was a great story with Cena and Pritchard. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I think that's awesome. Um, let's touch on a few more things before we get out of here for our super serious wrestling podcast. Fucking serious. How's it going for you, by the way? You enjoying it? It is. It's it's really good. It's just, you know, it lets us go back and I don't want to, you know, our modesty prevents us from saying how good we really are. Does but, it though? But I mean, we're fucking really good. Really, we're really good at this. <laughs> I mean, I'm just Action saying. figure podcast sucks. Wrestling I mean, podcast, great. I mean, what do you guys listen to? Wrestling podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're in the top like 7,100 in wrestling figure podcasts. But right. wrestling podcasts, I mean, you're hard pressed. Yeah, you're hard pressed to find motherfuckers that can get down with us. I'm just saying. But go ahead. Let's talk about fucking talk about, AEW or something. Let's talk about AEW a little bit. 
Um, Arthur Ashe Stadium. I believe they are very close to selling it out, if not they haven't already. So, so far, AEW has sold around 16,000 tickets for the September 22nd events. Two months ahead of the event will be the largest crowd in AEW history. Um, the report also states AEW wants to accommodate as many fans as possible all the way until the day of the show. And, and the AEW are understandably thrilled with the response thus far, as not only are they in the market, they haven't executed a heavy marketing push in the local New York markets for ticket sales purposes. They haven't even fucking advertised this shit hardly. Yeah. And they sold 16,000 in Vince's backyard. I saw a lot of people on the internet mad about this. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. Why would somebody be mad? The AEW sent a lot of tickets to a show. Well, they're they're fans of the other product, but uh, I'll just put kind of put this in perspective. Uh, just because it's it's looked at so fondly and remembered so fondly now, um, ECW. It took five years to get on pay per view. Mm-hmm. AEW's been there in what one? They they went on pay per view in one or two. They're, the companies right away before they even the, had the, fucking. Dynamite, they had their own pay per view. The company's what? I'm two years old, three years old? Roughly two years old. Uh, ECW never did, uh, never never sold 16,000 tickets. Mm. I mean, and I love fucking, you know, and you know that. Like, I know. They, they never hit that 16,000 ticket mark. And that's even when they were on fucking fire during the nine, mid fucking 90s uh wrestling war you know the monday night wars and all that shit they were the third company they never did see i don't even know if they touched 10 that you know what i mean right um but that says a fucking lot about what AEW has accomplished in a short period of time and don't fucking hate on that don't be mad no. at that no fucking no. celebrate that fuck yeah like, I'm, I don't know. I'm a fan of wrestling, dude. You know what I mean? If Impact or Ring of Honor or somebody else went and sold fucking five digits in, in tickets, I would be fucking stoked for that product. It would make me want to watch it. You know what I mean? But, like, we, we talk about the weird tribalism all the time. I don't want to turn this into a drunken rant against a fucking small vocal minority on Twitter because I'm not trying to do that. But <laughs> to me, it's, it's just weird. It's just weird. I'm I'm so happy that, like, Dude, so we got this second wrestling company, and we're all stoked about it because we've all asked for this, you know, second national wrestling company. Yeah. And then it comes, and then a fucking pandemic hits. Dude, they were able to grow their product during a pandemic. Sorry if you hear me pouring wine. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not pissing; he's just pouring wine. We're pouring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and listen to me, you know, like we've talked about WWE, we're 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 talking about AEW right now. My my favorite tag team ever is still the Briscoe Brothers mm-hmm. in in Ring of Honor. <clears throat> Absolutely fucking love the Briscoe Brothers, and you and need it to is go a, back and you need to go listen to Jeff Jarrett's podcast where he talks about them. It's a fucking travesty; those dudes never got. They're fucking just dude. They're chicken farmers. We're they not are. talking about. Why are we talking about the Briscoes on our super serious wrestling podcast? Because they're fucking great. 
That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Well, it was because I was we were just commenting that we had the second national, you know, company and people get, you know, this big tribalism. Like I love wrestling. And I was pointing out my favorite tag team is in probably the third or fourth, you know, third way down that list in that in a company. You know, that's what I was getting at. All right, I'll allow it. Thank you. Appreciate that. No, but for me, it's 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 great that this second company exists, this alternative exists, and I'm glad it's a different style. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna get into the weird tribalism, what people think about what they think wrestling should be, because that's how they grew up watching it, whatever, whatever. This is fucking fantastic. And the fact that this could it's gonna grow. Listen, this train ain't fucking stopping, dude. This thing is going to this is not the peak at all. This company is going to be around for a long time. They are making money. Okay? A lot of people said they're operating the red. They're not operating the red as far as I can see. I don't know. I don't have to see their books. They're not publicly traded. But, I mean, WWE probably doesn't or shouldn't feel threatened because they are Nike. Yeah. They are McDonald's. Right? They are. Right now. Right now. They are. And they will be the entire time during our lifetime. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is... To me, they can't get complacent because that's what happened. Vince had been complacent for so long, and then Eric Bischoff comes out of nowhere and says, "Hey, yeah," and says, "says Hey, homie, (laughs) hey, we're over here." And that only takes one idea to to pop some shit off, and you've got a fucking boom. And and like I said, when we get to it, I'm gonna fucking give you that boom. And just well, okay. You're short, so, big dog. The rumor is that Arthur Ashe Day on Wednesday, September 22nd, in Queens, New York. This is going to be a dynamite. It's called Grand Slam. That we will see the debut of the what Fightful Selects reported but cannot confirm the already signed Daniel Bryan, aka Brian Danielson. Um, we've talked on the show before about where we thought he would end up. I believe it was me. I'm going to take a little credit here that said, this man is going to want to work on national TV. He's going to want to have open dates, be able to travel. He's going to want to go to Japan. And he's going to have the best wrestling matches in the world. That's what he wants to do. Wow. And he wants to have some input on his character. There's only one company that can provide all five of those. Right. It made sense. Now I thought maybe he might be a free agent go to New Japan for a while, Russell fucking, and show up places like Mox did or whatever, whatever. But I thought that, like, Daniel Bryan wants to be in the ring with Kenny Omega. Daniel Bryan wants to be in the ring with the Young Bucks. Daniel Bryan wants to wrestle Hangman Adam Page. You know, he wants, there's all this, and all this just Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, MJF. These is young, talented dudes. You know what I mean? Which, by the way, I think everybody I just named wasn't a WWE product. So don't this weird like AEW makes their money off ex WWE guys is to me sure. stupid because like you can go on down the list that like guys I think would be huge stars as far as Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy. I every time Britt Baker's on my TV, I text you. Eddie King. Every single time, she um, is ridiculously over. Yeah, you have you have ideas, Eric. 
but I got a phone call here from a man that says you don't know shit. You know, Peter Forsberg, are you there? Are you there, Peter? Rosenberg? Peter Rosenberg. Rosen- Peter Rosenberg, are you there? Colin Forsberg. Because he's a four deck, you know. Well, okay, so Peter Rosenberg, who is a DJ uh, up in New York City, but on the radio station, I believe he uh, he obviously has a show, Hot ninety seven, whatever, whatever it is, Drive Time Radio, whatever the fuck he does up there. And Monster Wrestling fan was able to kind of work his way onto the pre 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 shows. Cool, right? Good for him. Right. But now all of a sudden, you know. People that have opinions that are different from him don't know anything. Don't know enough. You know, people didn't love the uh, Killing Cross. This is related to the Killing Cross uh, losing in his Raw debut to Jeff Hardy in 100 seconds. The NXT champion who wore the NXT championship belt to the ring. Right. So 100 seconds to Jeff Hardy, who's loved Jeff Hardy, been on main event. You know, right. a lot of people didn't like that, and those people don't know what they're talking about because they don't understand what's going on. So that that's yeah. Don't listen. I saw the bait, not taking it. <laughs> Give a little background debate. I've made my tweets. I'm good. But yeah. So where were we at? We're talking about Daniel Bryan, right? You were. Okay. Why did you bring up Daniel? See, you're trying to fuck with me here. <laughs> This is super fucking serious. Stay focused. He's going to make his debut Wednesday, September 22nd at Dynamite Grand Slam in Queens, New York, Arthur Ashe Stadium. So, in front of 16,000 people, which would be amazing. Now, we've also learned, well, not learned, it's being reported by Fightful Select. Again, they cannot confirm. They just said that the CM Punk thing to AEW is a done deal. They just got to meet in person to sign the contract. CM Punk obviously walked out the day after Royal Rumble 2014, about, I would say, what, a few weeks before the uh, birth of the WWE Network mm-hmm. and WrestleMania 30. So we haven't seen him in a ring since then. Uh, people talk about ring rust and stuff. I'm not worried about that. There's no, like, when he's going to debut, nothing like that. But CM Punk and Brian Danielson, in AEW on national TV on Wednesday nights in 2021, to me, that is fucking exciting. I obviously am a CM Punk fan, so I'm stoked about that. I'm obviously a Daniel Bryan fan. So to have those two be able to spread their creative wings and do what they want and execute their vision the way they want to execute it, I think could be a beautiful thing. Barry, we have a segment here right now. We're going to introduce it. We're going to wind down the show here soon. But Barry want to get the segments. We're calling this segment Double B, Double T. Barry books the territory, baby. Barry, book the territory. <clears throat> well, I'm booking it as a, you know, CM Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan are done deals. They're part of the roster. I debut them, if at all possible, uh, together. Not as a tag team at first. I bring them out, you know, whatever they make their debuts. Get the people hyped, accustomed to what they're going to see. I set up a match. If you remember a where Austin and Shawn Michaels kind of got thrown together, and they just right. so happened to win the tag titles. All right. 
I have Daniel Bryan, CM Punk beat the Young Bucks. Because here's why the Young Bucks lose zero fucking credibility in losing to CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. None. They they lose none. Now, here's the fucking best part about this all. As people are like, oh, shit, they're going to get this run. No, they're not. You book them against the Varsity Blondes or whoever the, the team is. The hot team next. Punk. First title defense turns on Daniel Bryan. I didn't want to come here to be a tag team. I fucking came here. They he cost them the titles first defense. I don't want to fucking be your partner. Now you're setting up Punk versus Daniel Bryan for the run. Now AW doesn't do it like all oh, shit. Everything's bam and bam. They're gonna wrestle other guys. And they're going to fucking interfere in each other's matches. They're going to fucking cost each other. You know what? Just normal shit. They're not going to touch until around around Mania time. with Because you're going with WrestleMania. And you can't beat WrestleMania. Let's fucking just throw that out. Right. You're not going to. You can't do that. After Mania, though, is when WWE hits their fucking core. And this is your chance to fucking steal fans. You fucking set up a big event. Your main event is fucking Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. You got you have Jericho, fucking Kenny. You have a fucking lineup now that leads to that. And and at some point, young maybe the Young Bucks twin the belts back on that show. You know what I mean? It's it's there's so much you can fucking do right there. But I set up CM Punk, Daniel Bryan in your main event where everybody knows, hey, they got that WWE rub. They have fucking worldwide stardom, not just, you know, regular shit. Let them fucking perform. Get your other talent the rub and fucking put it together for an after mania super show. Where you have the chance to steal fans and fucking set your territory on fire. You know what the fans are going to say? I can't do it. I can't wait that long. <laughs> You're booking a WWE angle with WWE superstars. That's that's great. Tune in. Buy it. That's your money spins. But you want to see that. You want to see that. You know what I mean? Because, because the young bucks rush it. Yeah, there's no rushing it. They're gonna fucking like I said, they're gonna wrestle other guys. You know, I'd love to see fucking Punk and fucking Omega, but we're we're saving that too. Let Omega fucking get his run in. Because after one of the you know after that feud, then one of those two, whoever you put over, I'd put over either one. They're going after the fucking heavyweight title. And then your champion has that rub. And you have MJF. I would fucking... Daniel Bryan and MJF? Mm, okay. My goodness. I'm, I'm here for that. The promos so, alone. Yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, I mean... To me, for me... For what I want to see... I can, I'm excited to see... First off, 
I need that Daniel Bryan Kenny Omega match. I need it. And now, and you could do that and have Punk fuck him where he loses, and, and you know what I mean. And that still keeps their fucking angle hot. Omega has a win now over Daniel Bryan. You see, I got you know a text today. I got a text today from my friend uh, Julian. He's uh, on Twitter. He's at Danger Shout Smith. Out. Shout out Julian. Everyone go follow Julian at Danger Smith. I'd love to see him get some more followers. Text me randomly out of the blue. If I see Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega in a ring together wrestling match, I'm gonna have a funny feeling in my pants. And that was that was listen, that was like that was a heterosexual statement. That was a wrestling fan statement, right? That was right. That was like, oh my god, that's like wrestling porn. Yes. It's, I mean, this. I mean, and Kenny. I mean, CM Punk on the mic with these dudes. CM Punk and, and MJF and on yes, the mic. Oh my that's what god. I mean. It's unbelievable. Daniel Bryan and Jungle Boy. CM Punk and Orange Cassidy. I mean, you go on and on and on. Eddie but what Kingston I love about your angle, you said, is Punk. obviously those two would have a great fucking payoff down the line. Yes. But the fact that you mixed in guys along the way. Yes. Right? That's because that's what everyone wants to see. And not so much always interfering in each other's matches, but from time to time, yes. You're building up to that. I, I, think, show. I think do it to the point to where like Punk gets involved Punk gets involved in an angle so much so that you almost forget the Daniel Bryan aspect of it. And then boom, he has a run. In the blow off, he foxing. Yes. Right. That's what I mean. So I like that a lot. I mean I do uh, what I can. Tony one Khan, more thing. get a hold of me. On Twitter, I'll help you. One more thing before we go. Did you ever think you would see Nick Gage on your TV <laughs> for national television in a wrestling event? No, not on national TV. And that was fucking beautiful. Uh, that dude deserves it. man. And even after seeing his dark side of the ring, we've talked about it. What a fucking, I mean, what a guy. I mean, the dude's fucking unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he is a fucking genuinely nice fucking guy. He he has every, you know, he's got demons, all that shit. But the dude fucking genuinely loves his fans. He fucking goes way out of his fucking way for his fans. So far out of his way for his fans. I don't mean to cut you off. So far out of his way for fans. Um, For me on the personal side as a... Uh, someone who's worked with this community before for him to advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. Like he has yep. as hard as he has is fucking beautiful to see. I've always said that we need more like, you know, straight white males to speak up and say things that like, hopefully that like benefit people that like don't look like us. Cause we won the fucking genetic lottery. And that's what I think Nick J- Nick Gage does. And it's fucking beautiful to see someone who's been through it. He's got a healthy view on the world. He cares about his fans. He's grateful for everything he has. And I tell you what, man, I, I messaged you the other day. I hope this dude gets the motherfucking bag from AEW. Because yeah. no one deserves to live more. I was, it's like with Eddie Kingston, right? Yeah. Eddie Kingston was given a chance. What the fuck did he do with that chance? Blew that, that shit dude up. Is a star now. Yeah. Star. A lot more people know his name than what they did before, and he deserves it. Same with Nick Gage, man. Good people deserve good things. AEW, I thought, hit the nail on the head. I think him and Jericho are going to have a banger match. Jericho's bringing back the pain maker for it. 
it's going to be really fun, man. I think that AEW is doing it right. I really, really enjoy this show. To me, the best wrestling shows of the week to close it down. I enjoy AEW Dynamite. I enjoy SmackDown. Those are my two shows I have to watch every week. Do you know we did not shit on either company? How did we do that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Time the fuck out. Did we just have a podcast about wrestling that lasted, what, a fucking hour? Yeah. That we didn't shit on anybody? No. Wow, dude. Wow. You know what I got to do? You know, I'm going to fire up some tweets and all caps. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to capitalize the first word and every letter and every capitalize the first letter and every word to get my point across on Twitter. That's what I do. That's how I normally type, though, but it's fine. You know, that's fine. Shots fired. No, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I see a lot of did, people. Did you fucking have fun tonight, though? I did. I had a lot of fun tonight. Now, I'm I, half, I, I'm half drunk. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I did drunk. tell you next Saturday, I'm at the Fisser Forum down on the floor for a SmackDown Super Show. That's a house show, right? Yeah. So, you don't see Mandy Rose again? No, she's on NXT. Ooh. I don't know. Give her the keys to the castle last time. I was. was, She's a bad motherfucker, man. I'm telling you. We're not going to do any shout-outs. We do that during the wrestling podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. Wrestling figure podcast. We'll do some shout-outs then. Fuck it. Well, fuck these people. Fully Posable, Boots of Face, Breaker, Main Power Hour, Bill Benis, PPW Podcast, uh, Tales from the Estate Podcast, Kate Vensel, I'm with you on ODOT. Fuck them. I can't stand them. I'm with you on that. Um, wrestling Cheers, Wrestling Toy Tracker, Wrestling Figure News Source, Boot to the Face, uh, Pete, all the Ohio players. Dobro, Petopolis, Sammy Evans. Congratulations, Greco, on yeah. getting married, brother. Congratulations, man. Very fucking happy for you, dude. I don't Enjoy appreciate it. him uh, showing off all these fucking nice tweets and shit where he's off at these fucking nice places. Did you see my Facebook memory today? I did. You were throwing fucking seats. So what that was, real quick before I go, <laughs> um, I was down in Dominican Republic for my honeymoon, right? right. I got up one day. I used to eat breakfast with this dude who, I'm just going to, he brought like Miss Universe with him. I don't know. It was funny. I mean, she was so pretty. Rachel used to joke about it. She's like, goddamn Miss Universe down there. But we and him would go to lunch every morning. I mean, he was from Portugal, so we didn't speak the same language. But we, we got along somehow. We right. always hung out. We drank a lot. That's how we got along. I was going to say, once you start drinking, you start talking the same. Once we start drinking, <laughs> we start fucking. We, we understood each other somehow. Right. But anyway, they, were, they had this pool thing. And I, he, we talked about sports and stuff we played growing up. And he knew I played football and stuff. And they had this pool where they basically they had a um, like a plastic mat on top of the water. And you had to, it was like a slip and slide that laid on top of the water. And you had to run and throw the football into like basically like a soccer goal they had set up the end of the pool, uh, the other end of the pool. So no one could do it. And I was the only person from America down there. That's right. So you had a lot of people who grew up playing soccer and different sports that didn't really have the throwing acumen that like we do kind of grow up, right? So no one, I mean, they were getting it barely halfway across the pool. And, <laughs> and, and Nikki goes, you show them. The big smile on his face, you show them. I said, all right, I got you, dog. Barry, they had me throw about, I bet you they had me throw 50 footballs. It oh, was, God. One, and they were just, they were just, I mean, I was throwing piss missiles. 
across this fucking pool into the back of the net. I mean, I'm just three steps, throw it as you're falling down, and just see right into the yeah, – they were fucking – I was getting applause. Rachel came out and said, what the fuck's going on? I'm drunk throwing footballs at a pool. It's, <laughs> it's 1130 a.m. You're like, we're fucking good. That's fine. We're I'm good. a fucking king out here. I'm falling. I'm fucking goddamn – you see a throw god on TikTok. I'm throw god out here. You That's know what I, I mean? said. Fuck throw god. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, man. I gotta get the fuck out of here. I'm done. I gotta get dis- disqualify myself from the Olympics. Well, that starts up and shit tomorrow too, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter at bfrost28. Like I said, um, you can blame Eric for us fucking coming back and literally. Making you guys look like fucked shit. I didn't want to do it. Drop dick on the whole Rust podcast community real quick. We feel like yeah. we're do it. We'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming of talking <laughs> about elites and fucking AEW shop next week. We got you guys. We know it's what you want, but we decided to drop drop a little dick tonight on the wrestling community. So whatever. And don't worry, you can't measure up. So at B Frost twenty eight, uh, Eric, drop the credentials, sir. At Eric Brown seven four zero. At doing the favor, you can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out. Go to doingthefavor.com. We got all the shit in there past podcasts, articles, leaks, all uh, uh, links to uh, DCPIs, UPCs, SKUs, whatever the fuck you need. We got it. We got you. Uh, links to whatamaneuver.net. Go buy a shirt. All right. I mean, I listen, I got a sc- Barry, I'm trying to screen in my back. Porch. Can you guys buy some shirts, please? I mean, you guys, yeah. I bought him a $4 million house, and he gets the screen in the back porch. Our, what was our, our T-shirt sales literally toppled like 100000 last week. So, it's fine. You see our shit everywhere. There's, you know, listen, jealousy comes in jars, and there's a lot of motherfuckers' jars overflowing. So, with that, you know, I want you guys to have a good night. And God bless. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Eric Abaria up with ETF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the years to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time. Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind. Just a few more days until we're back live. We'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah Doing the favor Doing the favor Doing the favor Until next time, doing the favor.